Hebrews 11, 27, and 28. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he preserved, as though seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them. The title of today's sermon is See the Invisible. It sounds like a paradox, an irony. How can you see the invisible? Of course, we are not speaking about seeing literally the invisible because how can one see what is not visible? However, we are speaking about faith, how faith can see, how faith can trust what is not physically seen, what may even be illogical to the mind, or intangible, or something that may not be empirical, but something that can be so real because it is God who makes it real. See the invisible. The author of the epistle of Hebrews, somebody we do not know, however, his writing seems to align with the teachings of the apostles, especially that of Paul, of John, of Peter, and the others. The author instructed the recipients of his letter or epistle, the Jewish believers of that time, somewhere between mid-AD 60s. So this could be somewhere between AD 64, 65, 66. He encouraged the ones who would receive the letter not to shrink back from their faith. Do not shrink back. Do not turn away. Have faith in Christ. Continue your faith in Christ. He encouraged them to persist in believing and endure. And that word endure has repeated itself throughout the epistle. To endure. Another word for to endure is to be patient. To take it. Be patient in the suffering. Endure all hardships that might come to you because of your faith in Christ. And the author explained uh, what faith is. Because faith may mean many things to many people. Like in these days, if you ask about faith, they think about religion or a simple set of beliefs. But the author explained that faith is being certain, being sure of things that we hope for, which are within the context of promises of God. Take note, faith in the promises of God, not faith in anything else, not even faith in yourself, not even the term believing in yourself is biblical. No, it is not. It is earthly, it is worldly. We believe in God. We believe in what he gave us as skills and talents, but we believe in God. That is the root, not ourselves. He says that faith is being certain of things that are hoped for. In fact, you are so sure, you are so certain that it is the evidence, faith of the, is the evidence of things that we do not see. What is he talking about? What do you do not see yet as the promises of God? We have not seen heaven. We have not seen God. We have not seen many things that Christ spoke of and his apostles spoke of, yet we believe. And clearly he showed that the, it was through faith 
that the heroes, the heroes of the Old Testament lived. They gained their approval through faith. They gained their God's favor through faith and not through the works of the law, which was happening for the kind of Judaism happening in those days was a very padded Judaism. From the laws of Moses, so many scholars have written over it to explain it to a point that the commentary was becoming more important than the text itself, than the actual word of God. Now, he emphasized that faith understands that God, the invisible God, created his word, created the world that we see. So what he was saying was the physical world was created by God and his word who is invisible. In fact, he is saying the spiritual world, the world of God is more real than the world we live in because we were simply created by the invisible God. But then he also warned that to please God, it is not through religion. It is not through the works of the law. However, it is by faith. In, he said in verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In fact, if you should memorize a few verses from chapter 11, that would be verse 1 and verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. First, it is by faith. Some people think it is just being emotionally intimate. That pleases God. Without faith, that means nothing. And what is faith? Faith in the word of God. Faith in the promises of God through Christ. Take note of that. Everything else means nothing without faith. Without trusting in what he said. More than what you feel. More than what you see more than what they could ever imagine, faith in God is above and foremost of all. It is impossible to please God. So, we conclude, genuine faith pleases God. It was not through the works of the law once again. And remember, those mentioned from Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and the parents of Moses, and Moses himself. Again and again, you would see in chapter 11, by faith or through faith. By faith, this happened. Through faith, this happened. Not focusing on their works, not even focusing on how great uh, an engineer Noah was, not focusing on that, but focusing on the faith. Not focusing on the patient uh, or, 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 or what Abraham accomplished during his days. But the focus was faith. Then we go back to Moses. Since last Sunday, we began with Moses. Now we continue with Moses. And first point is... Faith, not fear. Faith, not fear. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. That's in verse 27 in the first part. Now, if you wonder, when he killed the Egyptian who was oppressing a fellow Hebrew, 
And then the next day he found out that the news had spread. He left because the king wanted to kill him. One point of view there is that he left for practical reasons because why die? But not necessarily that he was afraid. Another opinion was this point when he left Egypt wasn't really the first time. The author was pointing on the second time he left Egypt with the people of God after the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians, leaving there unafraid of what the king will do. And you know why? Because God told him, I will harden his heart. He will pursue you that I may show my glory. So he knew the plan of God and he believed it. He did not fear the wrath of the king. And we know he's been exposed to the anger of Pharaoh many times, being in the presence of Pharaoh many times. So most probably the author here was mentioning about when he left Egypt with the people. Now, going back to the Jewish believers that the author was writing to, uh, it's an encouragement not to fear anything or anyone. Whatever they may, might do to your body, don't fear. Rather, fear God. But there's an interesting thing we see here. Like his parents, Moses did not fear the wrath of the king. The parents did not fear the king, the edict of the king. And Moses did not fear the king either. If you remember the immediate context here, the verses above this, before this, was uh, where Isaac passed the blessing to his sons. And Jacob passed the blessing to the sons of Joseph. And we know the story that even to all his sons, there was a passing from a parent to children. And now here we can infer, because, if, because we know the story that although Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, the nanny that was paid to take care of Moses was the real mother. And we could assume safely the power of that nanny, that mother, taking care of Moses, which we believe probably she was allowed to take care of Moses beyond the infant years. That he, she may indoctrinate Moses about God's promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, Moses identified more with his people, the Hebrews, than the Egyptians. Now, let's not say that God did not use the influence of Pharaoh's daughter. I do believe that Moses became more intelligent because of that. He understood how the Egyptian mind works. He understood how these things work among them. And for him, he could not be a part of it. He did not want to be a part of it. But we're not discounting the influence of Pharaoh's daughter. However, we know that faith came from the mother. I hear of stories, I will not mention where. This is in the mission circle. When you talk to missionaries and the underground work among nations around the world where it is illegal to preach the gospel, where you could die by preaching the gospel to these kinds of races and peoples and religion. We hear of stories how the Filipino Christian nanny, babysitter, was able to influence by faith some of the royalty around the world. 
So by faith, when he left Egypt, we saw that he did not fear the wrath of the king. And there is a parallel how the author was writing. In fact, this author, by the way, is good. There are authors in the New Testament, you know, are not that scholarly. Something like Second Peter, he seems to be just speaking from his heart. But this one is like Romans, where this is structured carefully. And this writer was saying... This passed on, this passed on, and like the parents who did not fear the wrath of the king, so Moses did not fear the wrath of the king. And we know that the influence came from there. Where else can the influence come? The author of Hebrews wanted the recipients of the letter or the Jewish believers of that time, once again, do not fear, he's saying to them, don't fear anything or anyone. What don't fear, what man can do to you. Instead, what should they have? Faith, not fear. So please repeat that to yourself. This simple phrase, faith, not fear. Wherever you are, whenever you feel afraid, you look at God, the invisible one. And you say to yourself, faith in God, not fear. Not fear of man. Not fear of consequences if you did what is biblical. If you did what is scriptural, you trust God for the outcome. Now, what if the outcome is good? Then praise the Lord. What if the outcome doesn't seem to be good for you on the human level? You still keep believing. We still keep believing. And that, what, that is what faith is. So faith, not fear. Now, in this present day, we are not really suffering much for our faith. This is a free country. And uh, we have minor discriminations against believers here. Very minor. But there are some ways that our faith is tested. And sometimes it is through. Because we have little problems compared to others. Take note, if your problem is is paying the tuition fee that's not big of a problem compared to people losing their properties and some of them suffering physical harm in some parts of the world this is so real they are suffering for us we are not suffering as much so may i encourage you please do not overreact to your problems is that okay hello Yes, yes. Just imagine some of the people today, today, not long ago, today. In some parts of the Middle East where they are suffering because of their faith. And the kind of suffering is something that we cannot imagine. Faith, not fear. So you speak to yourself, oh, Amunaman. Faith, not fear. Next, I'd like to point out that faith endures. Moses endured. Moses endured the long process because he saw the one who is invisible. What was the long process? The long process while engaging Pharaoh. He endured that. The long process of marching to the Red Sea. But you can even go before that, the long process of waiting and uh, Growing. Remember that Moses grew. At first, he didn't even want to go. You see, this guy who imagined to be, I will help my fellow Hebrews, 
Then the threat of death came for, for reasons that we may surmise he left. And for 40 years he has somewhat maybe, but hopefully not, forgotten. Until the burning bush experience where he was commissioned by God to speak for him. And he said, oh, not me, not me. Until Aaron, his brother, had to speak for him. That was the first part. But, you know, somewhere along the line, it was no longer Aaron speaking. It was already Moses facing Pharaoh. So we could also say he endured through time, but his faith also grew and matured. So I'd like to encourage you, as your faith matures, you will also endure. But if your faith does not mature, endurance will not follow with it. The Jewish believers had to focus on having faith in God because that is how they will endure. What is faith, once again? Knowing who God is and what He promised for us according to Scripture. Now, if you look, the first part of Hebrews was really speaking about Christ. The writer of Hebrews was focusing them on Christ. Christ who is the fulfillment of the prophets. Christ who is better than the prophets. Christ who is God. Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Father, the highest authority in the universe. Christ who is better than the patriarchs. Christ who is according to the order of Melchizedek, meaning his priesthood is eternal. A priesthood better than Aaron. He is a perfect priest. And he is also the perfect sacrifice. Before discussing faith, there was, an, there was a making sure that they know who Christ is. So somebody who has faith in God must know who Christ is. Because how can you have faith when you don't even know who he is? Uh, one... Preacher said, today we have many people who try to grow intimate to a God they do not know. They may come up with nice worship music and bands, but it's all shallow because they don't study enough of God's word. It's knowing God's word. It's knowing him that faith grows. That's why you cannot be lazy in meditating upon scripture in studying scripture, in reading scripture, you cannot be because your faith will not grow. You will remain an infant and you will easily be affected. You will easily fear. You're so movable. You're so easy to manipulate. Because your faith has not matured, you do not endure. Another word for endure, you're not patient. We are not patient with the people around us. If the Jewish believers could not be patient, what will happen? They will compromise. They will turn back to Judaism instead of continue in Christ, which the author warned, it is a terrible thing if you do that. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now in verse 27, for he endured, let's read that, 27, well, let's read the whole 27. Uh, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he persevered, another word is he endured, as though, how? Seeing him who is unseen, and that is faith. Remember how faith was this defined? Being certain of things you don't see. 
So the author is very consistent with his thesis statement in this section. Because he, he endured because he saw God and he saw the word of God and the promises of God. So he's encouraging the Jewish believers to keep looking at God and his promises in Christ. Now, again, let me just say this in another way. No one can endure, no one, the fiery trials without faith. You cannot. You cannot go through the trials of even of a believer, a simple believer without faith. You will not overcome. That is the only way we overcome our faith in him, our faith in his word. So what do you believe more? Do you believe more on the circumstances of the earth? Do you believe more on, on what people say, what people warn you about? Or do you believe more what scripture says? And that will affect your decisions, your actions. That will affect how you think, how you speak. But faith, we know, is focused on the word. We are anchored. Because the word says this, therefore I want to align myself because I believe it. Not because somebody's forcing me to. Faith wants to do it, remember. That the covenant promises, or the co three of the covenant promises that the writer of Hebrews mentioned earlier in the text. Not in this text, in earlier chapters. One is forgiveness. The other one is a personal relationship. They will know me, says the Father. And third, God will write his laws or commands in the minds and the hearts. And that's faith. God himself writing it and us wanting to do it. That is faith. Faith believes in the invisible God who by his word is real. He created the universe. Now how can we doubt him? Faith cannot doubt him. When there is doubt, there is no faith. The author supported his earlier statement that the unseen cre created the visible world. Now, it says, says here that Moses endured or persevered because he saw who is unseen. The other translations, he saw the invisible God or who is invisible. And I hope in every situation the Jewish believers would have seen God. We don't know what happened. But I'm hoping that as it brought to us, we always look at the word of God rather than what we feel or what we think or what we see but rather, we trust God. Luke recorded in the book of Acts when the religious council of the day prevented the apostles from preaching. If you read the book of Acts, they were preaching the gospel of Christ and some of these religious leaders said, stop doing that. And Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. That's Acts chapter 5, verse 29. We would rather do what God told us to do rather than obey men. And that is what we must do still. Now, that verse and, and the whole of chapter 11 and even before that shows us that faith leads to obedience. Obedience does not save anybody, only faith. But true faith leads to obedience. And there's this argument about faith in works. Well, if you don't have works, then I believe your faith isn't real. 
But it's not works that saves you, it's only faith. And because your faith is real, therefore, your works manifest. I hope that is clear to us. It is faith alone that saves, but that faith leads us to obedience. Faith obeys. Moses believed in God's word about the Passover. He gave instructions to the Israelites to observe the sprinkling of blood to protect their household on the doorposts and above their door. Thus, the Jewish believers should continue in faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Now, um, he's mentioning that Moses, let's read verse 28. He kept the Passover. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them. The destroyer of the firstborn, some have coined this the angel of death. Now, imagine the faith of Moses after the long process going back and forth to Pharaoh, and then suddenly God says to him, okay, it's time to leave. This is what you're going to do. In fact, it wasn't just the Passover, the killing of the lamb, that symbolizes, of course, it's a, it's a shadow of the Christ who would be sacrificed by God himself for our sins. Then there was that blood. But that, it was not only that. The context shows in, in, in Exodus that they were told to prepare to leave. They were told to dress up to leave. They were told that, that uh, will, we will be in a hurry, so do not put leaven on your bread. We will be in a hurry, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to ask the Egyptians for some money or treasure for our travel. And you know what? They did that. They believed that. Moses believed that they were leaving. How can this superpower allow us to leave he has resisted every plague so far. But then he believed. Do you know that the Passover wasn't just eat a meal? It was a celebration. Can you imagine celebrating before you leave when you haven't left yet? It was a form of celebration. That is why, brothers, we celebrate the Christ within our hearts. Even though we have not seen heaven yet. We celebrate our place there because he said so. And that is faith. It gives us joy. It gives us peace unspeakable. We would rather die obeying him than compromise and rather than following men. Why do we do that? Why do we have that in our hearts? Because we celebrate the life that he sacrificed for us in the promises even though we have not seen it. And, and Moses was saying, uh, believed, I mean, Moses believed God's message, especially about the destroyer or the angel of death, as some would call it. And we believe in that as well. We believe in the judgment and the suffering of those who will not believe, to those who will not have faith, to those who will not obey him, to those who will not repent. We know that that would be the consequence. We believe that as well. You see, we cannot just believe in the love and the grace of God without believing in the justice of God. What kind of person has no justice? What kind of judge has no justice? Yet he is a just God. We have to believe in both. They slaughtered the lamb. They put the blood on the doorposts. And the destroyer of the firstborn, the killer of the firstborn... 
passed over their houses. I thought God is love. Yes, definitely. He's also just. Don't forget that. Can he kill? Of course. He's sovereign. Life would not exist on earth without him. That is the concept of sovereignty. Yet we praise God for his mercy because his mercy and justice met in one place alone. Before it never met until this happened, Jesus Christ on the cross. That's where the justice of God hit his only son. And the mercy of God was made possible through his only son to all who believe. But without Christ, there is no mercy. There is only justice. There is only the wrath and anger of God that must be satisfied for all eternity. But then the opposite is his love, mercy, and grace. Not because of what these people have done, but because of what Christ has done. The author reminded the recipients about faith in the work of Christ. So that judgment will not fall upon them. The application, fear God, have faith in God, of course. Instead of fearing man, we should fear God and have faith in him. Fear God and have faith in God, you know, they go together. Let us not fear any opposition to the gospel of Christ. Let us stand our ground in our faith until death. And by the way, if that girl or boy you like doesn't have faith in God, stand on your faith. What do you do? Say no. You have to see that they seek God first and his righteousness first. You have to see that they, are, they love God. That they are more committed to him than to you. And I think that is a foundation of good relationships. Do not follow the ways of the world. That is just about the feeling of falling in love. That is a deception for that feeling comes and goes. And that cannot be a foundation if it just comes and goes. But the word of God is eternal. Let us stand our ground in our faith until when? Until death. If we fear men more than God, then our faith is just a facade. It's not real. Let us reflect and look deep into ourselves. Do we fear God above all else? Above anybody else? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Do we not preach the gospel because we're ashamed? We're too shy. Or you're so busy thinking of what will they say about me? Then you're still self-centered. You have not died to self. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Do we confidently proclaim the gospel of Christ to others? Do we? If we are challenged, will we deny him before others? Do we fear that we will not fit in with our barcada or our friends because of our faith? Or is our faith in God truly above all desires? Next application, endure the worst through faith. We will go through different levels of trial, some most intense, some not so intense. But how shall we endure again through faith? By faith, let us endure the process of spiritual growth. Yes, spiritual growth is a process. 
It's a process of learning and relearning and unlearning and by His grace, conforming, adjusting, transforming, renewing our minds. It is a process. And in that process comes trials. Some of the trials are external, but most of the trials are internal. It's happening in your mind. It's happening in your emotions. You watch that. Every thought that comes, watch it. Every emotion that comes, you watch it. Be a sentry like a guard saying, who goes there? To every emotion and everything. Who goes there? Are you aligned to scripture or not? If not, I cannot entertain you in my emotions. I cannot have you dwell in my mind. But if you do not guard your thoughts and hearts and you allow every kind of emotion to come in to your mind and to your emotions, you'll have very turbulent emotion. And you will not understand yourself. You will not understand others. You will feel like the world will crumble around you or on you. The weight of the world is there. Thus, you will despair. If our eyes are not on God, we will despair. But if our eyes are on the promises of God, knowing that this earth is temporary, we are passing through what is a hundred years but a speck in eternity. To some of us who are above middle age, around middle age, or even in our senior years, we realize how fast life has How time moved so fast. While when we were young, time seemed slow because we got bored easily. But after many years, tens of years, when we are in our 70s, 80s, and 90s, we see how quick, how quick. This is nothing compared to eternity. Don't make so much a big deal out of this, except that we must serve Him. Those who have survived the test of faith shall not easily despair. Do you know that a person who has grown in faith, who has matured in faith, it's not so easy to discourage these people. It's not easy. It is very difficult to discourage these people because their faith has matured because they can look death in the eye. They can look persecution in the eye. They can look betrayal in the eye. They can look at everything in the eye and not despair because what? Whoever they look at, they know and they see the one who is invisible. The one who is greater than everything the eye can see. And that is God himself. And that is what Christ has done and God's promises in Christ. Therefore, brothers, grow in faith that you may not easily despair. Their faith produced patience and endurance. Yes, a mature faith produces patience and endurance. Let us look beyond the earthly ordeals. Let us anchor on the word of God. Now, Moses saw the invisible God through faith. Therefore, he endured the long process with Pharaoh. Let us see the promises of God in Christ as more real than the trials of the world. Hey, brothers and sisters, by faith, we will endure the lengthy process. But praise God, we are here for one another. 
If you're going through a trial, sometimes we can do nothing. We can help you the most we can, but that will never be enough. Why? Each person's trial is sometimes by himself or herself alone. But the community is there to make it easier for everyone. But not everyone will be able to solve your problems because at times God does not intend to solve our problems. He intends for our faith to grow. And at times God does want to solve our problems because that is His will and His purpose. But in whatever way, as if God's answers to prayers come quickly or not, or perhaps never come at all for certain things we pray for. What do we do? By faith, we trust in His will. We trust in the will of God, and that is faith. And that is what we should pray for, actually. Let thy will be done. And lastly, proclaim the gospel. By faith, we remember the perfect sacrifice, which is Christ, who is Christ. Through faith, we pass from judgment to eternal life. By faith, let us pass on the narrative and instruction of the gospel. As the angel of death passed over the houses of the Israelites because of the blood, so we are free from judgment in Christ. Death visited the firstborn of the Egyptians as recorded in the book of Exodus. But God spared the Israelites because they painted the lamb's blood on their doorposts. Remember, judgment is upon all who sinned, all, all who sinned, even just one sin. But through faith in Christ, God bestows mercy and grace. As Moses instructed the people about the blood and the lamb, we must proclaim the gospel and instruct others about the blood of the lamb. Let us call others to repent and believe in him. This morning, may we look with the eye of faith, whatever the consequences, good or bad, we can say, I can rest, I can rest in God. Just like the song says, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, whatever happens, it is well with my soul. God's protection will be upon your soul. Sometimes God would lift the protection from the body as happened to Paul in his death and Peter as well. Throughout their lives, God has protected them from death, but when it was time, then it was time. And as long as you are still alive, God has a purpose. Fulfill that time in the Lord by his grace. But when you see death come, know that this death to the body does not affect your soul. And the promise of God that one day your body shall be redeemed or has been redeemed but shall be raised up one day, we have to believe because the soul is eternal. We will be with him eternally. And how can that happen? Through the eyes of faith alone. So allow me to share what I wrote once again called the eyes of faith. Like his parents... He did not fear. In scripture, that is very clear. The wrath of the king held no sway on Moses, who indeed had faith. Moses instructed his people, death would visit like a ripple. Judgment on those without the blood, for that was the decree of God. 
before the last of the plagues fell, we could say that it was like hell. Swarms, frogs, boils, and blood in the Nile. Egypt suffered for a long while. Yet Israel, the Lord God spared. His design to Moses he bared. Paint the blood of the slaughtered lamb, or else join the ranks of the damned. The Lord Christ's perfect sacrifice, his innocent blood did suffice, brought us mercy from the Father. By faith we see him, none other. Therefore, we shall endure for sure, despite all the worldly pressure. For our eyes are set on him, and our faith is filled to the brim. Let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word raises the level of our faith, feeds our faith in you. Your word is true. Ah, the lessons of faith. May we live it every day. May our faith mature that we won't easily be moved. We won't easily despair. Make that happen for sure. Remove our doubts. Transform our minds and not think like the world. To not think like earthly beings. For we may be on the earth, yet we were born from above. For the very Spirit of God gave us life. And we were born again. But this life is not of this earth. We were not born in this kind, born from above. It is not of the will of man or the flesh, but the will of God. Therefore, teach us to think like heavenly beings. On earth, yes. Being responsible here, yes. But never enjoying the pleasures of sin and transforming the way we think. Teach us to be humble, that we may be transformed. Allow us to receive corrections by faith. Teach us to correct, encourage others by faith. Allow us to grow, sharpen us. Bring us to a level of maturity, that we will be strong and not despair. be glorified. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning.